Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC Vegas 39, Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez. Okay, maybe it's not the most loaded card in the world, but hey, that main event is pretty exciting. But as you know, we are not going to be talking about that main event or any of the other fights on this main card. No, 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 no. We are all focused on the prelim portion of the show because that's what the prelim primer is all about. Now, for those of you who might be new and asking yourself, why just break down the prelims? Why not give us at least the exciting fights that are on this card? And the answer is really simple. First of all, sometimes the prelims are super exciting, but also... There's lots of money to be won whether you're playing daily fantasy sports or, hey, maybe you're playing just straight up bets. Maybe you want to win a pick'em contest. You got to know about those prelims. So we're here to help you with that. Now, before we get started, I did want to mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by the All-Star app. These days, there are so many previews, recaps, analysis, and podcasts. There's more than you can shake a stick at, and it's all too much. And when you're looking to get that insight to help you get the edge, it can be really hard to block up the noise from what really matters. And that's why you should download the All-Star app, because they provide you with expert commentary from some of the most respected names in the sports world, including yours truly. Uh, And all of their incredible content is packaged into an intuitive, fully interactive app right in the palm of your hands. And it's free. That's right, completely free. And there's tons of other great features about the All-Star app that I'll be telling you about a little later on. But for now, just go to the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store or by visiting theallstar.io. Now, of course, to break down these fights, I must be joined by a co-host. Joining me today, you might know him from his YouTube channel, Ryan Jarrell Sports, or from Twitter, son of Jarrell20. I, of course, am talking about Ryan Jarrell. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, it's always a pleasure. All right, guys. And as you know, we start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Chris Gutierrez versus Felipe Colares. So Gutierrez is actually 4-0-1 in his last five fights. He's coming off a unanimous decision win over Andre Ewell. That was back in February. Colares has alternated wins and losses for his last five fights. He is coming off of a decision victory over Luke Sanders. That fight was in May. So my question for you here is Colares does stand and bang a little bit, but he also does like to mix in the takedowns. He likes to try to get this to the ground. Do you think he's going to be able to get it there? And if he doesn't, can he hang on the feet with Chris Gutierrez? You know, I, I really don't think so. I, I think this is Gutierrez's fight to lose. I, I feel like I, I'm going to lean towards Gutierrez, whether this is on the feet or on the ground. I just feel like he's the the more well-rounded, polished fighter. And I'm, Maybe I'm wrong here. I haven't seen uh, enough of Calera's uh, as I have Gutierrez, but... I just, based on what I have seen, Gutierrez to me just looks like the overall better fighter. I feel like he's going to be able to dictate whether this fight stays on the feet or goes to the ground. And regardless of where it goes, I I think he's going to be better. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that too. And I think he probably will try to keep it standing. And the other thing too that, that is a real factor in this is Chris Gutierrez works the body and the legs better than just about anybody in this division. Like he, he, I mean, he's got a leg kick TKO on his record, which you don't see too much of. Uh, you know, he, he works those hooks to the body. I kind of expect to, even if Kolarish comes out here and tries to wrestle him, tries to get him to the ground, and maybe even has a tiny bit of success getting him down, um, which again, I, I'm with you on that one. I don't think he does. But even if that is his goal here, 
I think he's so tired by the third round that, that Gutierrez just pours it on here. So, yeah, I think this is Gutierrez all day, every day. So I guess then the only question is, how do you see Chris Gutierrez getting it done this weekend? I do, I do want to give a little bit of respect to Caleras here. I, I do feel like, you know, he's a, a game opponent, so I feel like he'll be able to hang in there. Uh, I think Gutierrez will get the job done, probably uh, a, a late finish, uh, round three TKO. I'm going to go with the exact same thing. I, I like Chris Gutierrez by third round TKO here, too. Uh, like like I said, the, the work to the body, the work to the legs piles up, and I, I think ultimately he just pours it on here. And that brings us to our second fight of the first round, which is Alexander Romanov versus Jared Vandera. Romanov, 3-0 in the UFC. He is coming off of a very weird technical decision over Juan Espino back in April, in which he was kicked so hard in the balls that he decided he was all done for the night. The, the, the judges wind up getting to render a verdict, which I think a lot of people had scored for Espino, but it winds up going to Romanov instead. So he is still undefeated, although somewhat questionably. Vandera, after losing his UFC debut, bounced back to beat Justin Taffa by decision. That fight was in May. So I guess my question here is, I want to go back to that fight for Romanov against Juan Espino. And he, he seemed to have some real cardio issues that last time out. Is there any chance that you see for Vandera to kind of push the pace and make that cardio, you know, maybe his biggest weapon? So total transparency, transparency here, and I've told you this before. Uh, I I know Jared fairly well. I like him. I I, I cheer for him. So it's, this is really difficult for me. I hope so to to, to I guess be clear and, and answer you. I I hope that Jared uh, can continue the momentum that he had in his last fight. Uh, however, he is a massive, massive underdog uh, going into this fight. And when I interviewed him um, prior to this matchup here with, with Romanov, you know, Jared felt that, you know, Espino should have won that fight, just like, you know, a lot of other people did. So really intriguing uh, to see what takes place here. I, I really liked what I saw from Vandera the last fight out against Tafa. He clearly is an evolved fighter, but... You know, this is going to be really, really interesting. I, I feel like Vandera's cardio, um, I think he's proven that he has some good cardio. So hopefully he'll be able to, to you know, make this a dog fight and, uh, and take it into the deep rounds because I, I feel like that's his best chance of winning. I agree with you entirely that it is his best chance of winning. And I feel like I've always gotten you for every single one of Jared Vandera's fights because <laughs> I think he's on his third UFC fight. I'm pretty sure I've had you on each and every one of those times. But yes, I, I'm, I totally agree with you that I think that that is his best chance in this fight is to take it deep and to tire out Alexander Romanov. The only problem I have with that in this fight is that Jared Vandera has got a little bit of a different skill set than Juan Espino does, right? Juan Espino had the perfect skill set to nullify what Alexander Romanov wants to do, which is pick you up, slam you down as hard as he possibly can, and then probably try to choke you with his forearm. Um, and, and Juan Espino amazing at jujitsu, amazing grappler. And I think Vandera's got some submission skills, but I think his skills as far as like stuffing takedowns, reversing positions, I think it's a different game than Juan Espino. And I think as a result there, I think he's going to have trouble with that big takedown game of, of Alexander Romanov. But before I launch my official prediction, I'm going to give you a chance to pick your guy. How do you see Jared <laughs> Vandera getting it done? Well, I, I will say this, you know, his nickname is the mountain. Jared is a mountain of a man um, and he's extremely strong, even for, you know, a, a heavyweight division, which has the biggest of, of the big of, of all uh, of combat sports. So, you know, I, I I'm I'm struggling here because I, I'm trying to be like objective. 
I, I want to take Jared. My head tells me I, I think Romanoff will probably win. Uh, screw it. I'm just going to go with Jared anyways. Uh, I'm going to say he wins a unanimous decision. I love it. All right, and I'm going to differ with you, obviously. I'm going to take uh, Alexander Romanoff. I'm a big fan of his. I think his jiu-jitsu gets it done. And I'm going to say it, it might get it done early. So I'm going to go with uh, Alexander Romanov, first-round submission. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys, one of my favorite features of the All-Star app, it's got to be the player bios. Because if you're looking to do a little research on, hey, let's say an upcoming fight between Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez, well, you're going to click on that fight, which is, first of all, super easy to find because it's right there in their scores tab. And you're not only going to get when the fight's happening, but you're going to get the opening and current lines for the fight. So you know how much has moved, what side people are going in on already, and you get the opening and current lines for the over-unders. And that's going to be helpful, too, because it's going to tell you 100% about, again, where that money's coming in, and you get to look at in real time. All very cool, but the app isn't all about betting lines. They got full records all the way dating back to their pro debuts and so much more. I heavily suggest using it as your research tool. Go down the load the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store, the App Store, or by visiting theallstar.io. And we are back with round number two. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Charles Rosa versus Damon Jackson. Rosa has alternated wins and losses for his entire 10-fight UFC career. That's right, alternated wins and losses nonstop for 10 fights. He most recently beat Justin James by split decision. That was in February. Jackson, meanwhile, lost his two-fight winning streak when he fought Ilya Tapuria back in December. Obviously, no shame in that loss whatsoever, but he's 2-1 and one since coming back to the UFC. Now, my question here is that both of these guys love to grapple. Both of them are very good wrestlers. Both of them have very good submission games. But I'm curious as to this. If both of their grappling games nullify each other out, we wind up seeing a stalemate there. Who do you see as the better striker in the better one on the feet? Man, that, that I feel like is going to decide who wins this fight. And honestly, I really don't know what to think about Charles Rosa because every time I feel like he's going to win or he's going to lose, he, he does the opposite. <laughs> and and it, it's really the truth with him. I mean, that fight with Justin James mo most recently, he very well could, could have been put out. And, and he showed his, his Boston grit, his toughness, hung in that fight and ultimately got the split win. But it was not an easy win. And, and Damon Jackson... Man, he's he's pretty well-rounded, and he's a vet. He's been around for a while now. I, I think I'd lean towards Damon here uh, if this does become um, a stand-up fight for two reasons. He's he's taller and he's longer than him. I think he is, he's three inches taller and he's got a three-inch reach on Rosa, and I think ultimately that might uh, be the deciding factor here in this fight. Uh, really intriguing one. This probably, out of all of these fights on the undercard, is the one that I'm I'm least confident in. I feel it could go either way. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on this one. It is interesting to see these two match up because it is such a weird stylistic matchup. But ultimately, I agree with you here with the hands. I, I think Damon Jackson's the better boxer. I think he keeps distance better. I also think when it comes down to it, he might be the better wrestler. He might not be the better grappler of these two, but I think he's the better wrestler. Um, and he's really good at scrambling. So I think those two things alone are going to keep him safe enough against Rosa and possibly even just, you know, shut down Rosa's takedown game. I think he's going to find so much success on the feet that uh, 
I think this is his fight. So I'm going to take Damon Jackson. I'll, I'll log my prediction first. I'll, I'll take Damon Jackson. I'll take him by decision. Charles Rose is notoriously tough. He lasted three rounds with Bryce Mitchell. So I don't see uh, I don't see Damon Jackson getting him out of there. How about you? Yeah, I completely agree. He's got that, that Boston strong nickname for a reason. So uh, I'm going Damon Jackson, too. I think it'll be a, a unanimous decision victory. All right, and that brings us to our next fight, which is Lupita Godinez versus Silvana Gomez-Juarez, who's taking this fight on just five days' notice. Godinez uh, last fought in a short-notice debut against Jessica Penne. That was back in April. That is so far her only UFC fight. And as I mentioned, Silvana Gomez-Juarez is making her UFC debut at 10-2. Once again, it is her debut. She is coming off of a bunch of good performances and maybe some leagues you've heard of like Kombache or Lux Fight League, or she even fought for the belt in KSW over in Poland against Ariane Lipsky. She's had some high level competition as well. Now, my question to you is both of them are kind of spark plugs on the feet. They like to throw a lot of volume. You know, originally Lupita Godinez, I think was a little bit more worried about the wrestling. So who do you think here has the better striking and the better pace? You know, I, I think I'm I'm going to lean towards uh, Godinez, and and you know, from what I've seen, the little that I have seen from from Juarez, I mean, she looks the part. I, she, she's a, a short notice replacement, but she looks very very deserving. I mean, two straight uh, finishes, uh, round one and round two, uh, respectively. So she she clearly uh, has a, a good stand up skill set. I mean, you look who she's lost to. Uh, you know, she's losing to Ariane Lipsky. You know, so. Very high level uh, fighter there. I, I I just I think the UFC is is high on Godinez, um, and I love the nickname Loopy. It's <laughs> I think it's hysterical. Um, so I'm 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 excited for this fight. You know that fight with Penne against a veteran. Uh, you know split decision loss. So no no shame in losing to, to someone like like her. But I I feel like uh, this is Godinez's fight to to lose. Um, but again. You just never really know. This is this is Juarez's first. It's her UFC de- debut, and you know this is just it's a different animal altogether. So it could bring out the absolute best in her. Uh, but I am going to lean towards uh, Godinez here uh, on the feet. Yeah, and I- I'm going to give a little caveat here. It is a short notice fight, but she was supposed to fight Tuesday on the Contender Series. So while it's a short notice fight, it's not like she didn't have a training camp. So you're right. You you can have a little bit of faith in what she's doing. But ultimately, you know, I look back to that fight with Ariane Lipsky, and the volume kind of, like, backed her up all the time. Um, so she likes to be a bully when she can, but when her opponent comes forward on her, it's a little bit trickier for her. And I don't think Godinez knows how to take a step backwards. She's got that, like, kind of standard Mexican fighter pedigree where she is not afraid to get hit. She is going to give you every bit right back in your face, and she's going to be there the whole time. And Ultimately, I, I agree with you. I think that's enough. I'm going to take Godinez as well. I'll take her by decision. And that's going to do it for the end of our second round. We'll take a quick break, and we will be right back with, get this, just one fight in round number three. All right, guys, one last thing that I really love about the All-Star app, and that is their news feed. If you are the type of person who gets your news or any any kind of sports information from social media, you got to stop doing it and instead read the All-Star app because they have a proprietary algorithm that brings you only the highest quality sports news right there in the palm of your hand. Plus, you get to personalize your feed. That's right. They have a way of personalizing the feeds. You only see the stuff that you care about. So go download the All-Star app in either the Google Play Store or the App Store or by visiting theallstar.io because you will not be sorry you did. 
All right, we are back with round number three. I'm gonna put another five minutes on the clock. And we're gonna start this round by talking about Charlie Ontiveros versus Steve Garcia. So Garcia fought in a short notice fight against Luis Violent Bob Ross Pena. Uh, back in February, he lost that debut by decision. Actually, it was February of 2020, so it was quite a while ago when Steve Garcia made that short notice debut. Ontiveros, or Ontiveros, sorry, I gotta get that name right. Ontiveros uh, lost on short notice to Kevin Holland by neck injury. That was in October of 2020. He's taken some time to heal from there. Now, the crazy breakdown of this fight is obviously Ontiveros fought Kevin Holland at middleweight last time. Steve Garcia was signed up to fight on the Contender Series at Bantamweight. Those weight classes are 50 pounds apart. They meet here in the middle at lightweight. Do you think the size plays a big role in this fight? I mean, it very well could. And, I mean, this is kind of a head-scratcher for me because, I mean, the, the size difference. I mean, look, there are weight classes in place for a reason. And this could just be a a, a case of just fighting someone too big and, and too strong. Having said that, if I'm not mistaken, Garcia's a pretty big favorite. He's, he's a like huge a minus, favorite. Yeah. Yeah, he's a minus 320 favorite, which is kind of head-scratching to me, uh, especially going against someone so big. I mean, uh, Antaveros has, uh, I think it's a four-inch reach advantage. He's three or four inches taller. I mean, there's going to be a significant size differential in there come fight night. So it very well could play a massive injury. Um, but, again, I mean, with Garcia being um, the, the, the wrestling pedigree that he has, training at Jackson Wink, uh, that could be, you know, his uh, his road to victory here in this fight. But, it, I mean, this is one of those fights where if anyone's going to tell you they know what's going to happen, they're, they're lying. Because we really don't know what's going to transpire here until they're actually in the cage. And we find out if that size differential is going to play a major factor. Yeah, I, I agree with you entirely. It's also worth noting. So I talked to Charlie Ontiveros. I actually talked to Steve Garcia before this fight, too. Ontivero said that he actually has trouble keeping weight on. So, like, the weight cut, probably not going to come into play here. He said when he fought Kevin Holland, he tried to eat extra food so that he would weigh more, and he still only got up to, like, 181. And he said on fight night he had already lost 7 pounds of just, like, sweating and nervous energy leaning up to the fight. He was, like, 174 fighting at middleweight, which is insane. So, I actually think he's going to make this weight class pretty easy. It's probably the right weight class for him. It's probably also the right weight class for Steve Garcia. Like, he, he might be able to make featherweight. He definitely shouldn't have been fighting at bantamweight. That was insane. Um, but, the you know, you mentioned the wrestling of Steve Garcia, I think, is an X factor here. But at the same time, I like Ontiveros' reach, and I like the fact that he fights out of that karate stance, which, I mean, it's, like, notoriously hard to take down, right? Because he keeps such good distance. He pops in and out. He's got really thunderous kicks. Um... Yeah, it's such a weird one, man. Uh, and, and again, I think you're right. I, I think this is another one where, if, if similar to the Charles Rosa and, and Damon Jackson fight, if people tell you that they think they know what's going to happen in this fight, I, I think they're crazy because it's such a weird styles clash. So um, given that I told you that people would be crazy to, to lodge a, a prediction, I'm now going to ask you for a prediction. Uh, who do you got in this one and how do you got him? <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm, I'm leaning towards Garcia in, in this fight. And I, I'm saying that just because I, I feel like his wrestling is going to be able to dictate where the fight goes. This, this really could turn into, um, uh, a, a snore fest against the cage, a, a lot of grappling, a, a lot of dirty boxing. Um, because as you said, I mean, Ontiveros has the height and the reach 
I don't necessarily think that Garcia is going to want to stand on the outside and and trade with him and turn it into a kickboxing fight because that just wouldn't be smart. So I think we're going to see a, a very wrestling-heavy style, um, and I think he's probably going to win a decision unless he gets caught. Uh, and Ontiveros could uh, could you know get a TKO or KO victory, but I'm I'm leaning with the favorite here. I'm gonna go with uh, the Jackson Wink uh, product, Steve Garcia. All right, and I'm gonna differ with you in this one. I'm gonna take Charlie Ontiveros. I, I think first of all, if you're betting this fight, I think you know we've mentioned how close this fight is. So to see Ontiveros at like a plus two fifty underdog, I, I think he's the only person you think about laying money on here. But also, I would just say he has fought some incredible competition. If you look back at who he's fought, I mean, he's fought. Uh, Nikali Veritenov, uh, who was just fighting on the contender series, he fought Michael Venom Page, he's fought Jeff Neal, um, and granted, he didn't beat any of those guys, but he's been in wars with guys like that. I mean, obviously, he just fought Kevin Holland, who's a beast, so, um, yeah, I, I like him, I like his karate stance, I think, hopefully, uh, you know, the, the fact that Steve Garcia struggled to get Luis Pena down might, might show that he has trouble getting really tall guys down, maybe that plays in on Tavares' his, his favor, but... Yeah, I'm going to take Ontiveros. I'm going to say, you know, and, and to go along with what you said, maybe Steve Garcia walks into something here. And uh, I'm going to say Ontiveros by, let's go second round TKO. And that's going to do it for the end of our third round. We gave you guys only five fights. I know it's an only five fight prelim card, but we gave you five fights in just a little bit over 15 minutes. We hope you guys learned something. Um, of course, I want to remind you that you can check out uh, my co-host. You can find him on Twitter at sonofdurell 24 you can also find him on YouTube on Ryan Jarrell Sports. Make sure you search Ryan Jarrell Sports and make sure to subscribe there. Uh, Ryan, thanks so much for joining me again. Hey, always a pleasure, Daniel.